Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkoporte, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Today, I want to talk to you about transformation is coming speedily. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the verse number 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it reads, But we all, with open face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now my key point is changed into the same image from glory to glory. Hallelujah. One thing about the word transformation that you can get from any dictionary is that it is a marked, marked, a marked change in form, natural, or appearance, sorry, it is a marked change in form, nature, or appearance. So you see, the most important thing is that fundamentally, there is no transformation without an agent of transformation. Get this right. When they talk of the Big Bang, it could have been the Big Bang, but who set it in motion? Bombs don't just explode by themselves. If they did, all the bombs they, re- they released in this country in 1940, uh, 1939 to 1944 or 45, all of them should have exploded by now. But up to today, there are occasions when they say they have discovered a bomb, they want to and they evacuate the people. So you see, transformation doesn't play, take place until there is an agent. So I have three uh, categories of people that I want to address here. Number one, I want to address agents of change. And then number two, I want to address the church, you sitting there, the family of God, the family of faith. And then number three, I want to address the world or the unbelieving human being. Because the world in which we are in today, it is a world that is moving fast towards transformation. Whether you like it or not, transformation is coming and it will come. Will you please bow down your heads, let's pray. You deserve a very big thank you. You deserve a very big thank you. Oh, you deserve A very big thank you. You deserve a very big thank you. Father, it is not because I speak better than anybody. It is not because, oh God, I am wiser than all these people that are seated here. But it is by divine election. You chose it to be so, and it is so. 
Therefore, Lord, speak to them. My lips are yours. My voice is yours. Touch their hearts. Annoy their ears. Give them wisdom. And let there be a performance concerning your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, number one. I want to say that our world, we need to just survey our world. Our world has changed. Our world has, 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 has really been transformed. You know, there is what you call a pre-COVID world. Right now, I don't know whether we will actually, those of us sitting here, whether we will see a post-COVID world. I don't know. But in the in-COVID world that we are in, there are a couple of things I want you to notice that have changed about this world. Number one, it is a world that have declared that church services are not essential. And therefore, they are to be included in lockdowns. Even as we speak, there are people who are saying that people can go to church but they shouldn't sing. Imagine you put Elijah under, sorry, Elisha under that kind of restriction. How is the anointing going to come to make the impossible possible? But even in spite of the fact that the Bible has been with us for years and what is written has never changed, this is the kind of thing that is going on. I want you to know that there is a systematic delegitimization of God taking place on the planet right now. It is as if you have a house and somebody managed to lay hold upon the documents of ownership of your property and they are changing the name of the ownership into their own so that it doesn't belong unto you anymore. Because how do you explain people taking God out of the public arena? How do you explain people saying that uh, when you are talking about faith and about God, that is in a private circle? How can you say that? When people are taking God out of the schools, but they are putting Harry Potter in the schools, they are putting witchcraft, they are putting the occult in the schools, it is a delegitimization of God. When people are getting to the place where they will allow people to go and protest and do things in the time of a supposed lockdown and they will justify them. And being elected leaders, some of them will even join them. But those are the same people who say when you go to church, they need to lock you up. How far can a man go to express hatred to God? If you treat God like a rabid dog, don't be surprised that in the day that you cry out to him for help, he doesn't answer. One of the things people have failed to realize is that the only thing that is equal and at the same level with the love of God, the only attribute of God that is at par with the love of God is the wrath of God. They fail to realize that. I'll show you a scripture. Can you beam uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 63? 
So I'm continuing. When it's been, I'll talk upon that. And people are saying, in the present world that we are in, they are saying it is okay for us to be watching films that has got satanic worship, demonology, etc., etc. Today, our films, our videos, our books, our comics, even our children's textbooks are dominated by these things. They are no longer dominated by the things that some of us, we had when we were growing up. The story of Samson, the story of Abraham, those kinds of things, they are no more. Today, okay, good. So look at it. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoices over you to do you good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught, and you shall be proud from all the land whither thou goest to possess it. This is he who said, I chose you because I loved you. I didn't choose you because you were more, um, numerous, plenty. I chose you simply because I loved you. I chose you because of the root where you were coming from. I loved Abraham. Abraham was my friend and so I chose his seed. The same one that said, I loved you because I chose you. The same one that he said, when you provoke me and you get me into a place of wrath, my wrath shall do the very opposite which my love came to do. You know, we shouldn't forget the fact that we are dealing with the most high God and he doesn't have to bend down to our standards. We have to rise up to his. Physical cash, that's the next thing, is quickly becoming old-fashioned in the world that we are in right now. The question I want to ask is, when are we going to have the cashless society? Because today, as we speak, a lot more people get infected with COVID handling money. And so people, there are places where when you go, they don't want to receive money. They want you to pay with your car. It's only a matter of time. And it can come tomorrow or it can come next month. It may even come before the end of the year where they say, no, we are not going to use physical cash anymore. How many of you understand that there is a reality in there? Do you know that already the other money we can use, the digital money is already there? Has anybody heard of Bitcoin? So you see, the moment your world becomes a cashless society and it is digital, you have come to a place where people can manipulate you or control you better. When I have money, I can buy anywhere. There will be no trace. But if I buy anything anywhere with my credit card, there is a trace. Everybody can tell that I was there at this particular point in this particular time. And these are the people I met there. So please, this world is changing and it's changing fast. Listen, whether you are a believer or you are an unbeliever, transformation is coming. The question is, which side of the transformation are you going to be on? That's the issue. The next thing is many people are leaving their faith. Some of them even pastors. Some of them song and worship leaders. 
there are people who have made songs. Some of which some of us have sung before, or some of us are even still singing. And because of the convenience of social media, they have just gone and they have, uh, you know, just posted. I do not consider myself Christian anymore because I have problems. Today, there are people who are saying, How can I relate to a God who created such a broken world? The fact that the world is broken and there's so much suffering, so much pain in it, is an indictment upon his claim to moral authority in this world, they say. They are saying, if God is really good and is not just making experiment so that he's experimenting on our pain, why didn't he create the earth to be like heaven? Because they don't die in heaven. When you see a beautiful rose in heaven, tomorrow when you come, the rose will still be beautiful. It will not fade. There's nobody sick. There's nobody in pain. There's nobody dying from starvation. Nobody in want. So why and how can a good God do these things? They say these things. They forget that the very thing that causes somebody to turn away from God is the very thing that draws somebody else also to God. When you hear of Negro spirituals, you are hearing of songs people sang in their pain. And their only hope was that the God to whom they are singing will have mercy upon them and deliver them. Those days, they didn't have the complete Bible that you have. They have what is called the slave Bible. Has anybody heard of the slave Bible? Ah, you guys, you should be doing some research. They have a slave Bible, a watered down version of the Bible. In that Bible, the story of Moses and his deliverance of the Israelites from slavery, all those things were removed. Lest it gives the blacks the opportunity to also rebel against their slave masters. A lot of stories were taken out. You, you just Google and find out slave Bible, you see. People were so, so, so evil that they could think of something like that to do. Now listen to me. In those days, they could even say it is a criminal thing for you to learn how to read. Because they knew you can always control people with ignorance. How many of you know that there's so much ignorance in the world that we are in today that although we are lettered, our ignorance is allowing some few people to control us? How can they tell you to go and vote? And you go and join a queue and you are in the queue from 7 30 in the evening till the following day in order to vote. And yet, the same people tell you, don't go to church. If you are going to go to church, then it has to be maybe 25 people. Since when did the church become a killing field? Since when did the church become a place where the God of the church, he is standing at the door distributing sickness to people when they come in? Since when? That kind of God is not my God. My God is the healer. 
Jehovah Rapha. My God is the kind of God I need to come into when I'm having a problem the medical doctors can't do anything about. Because when the world cannot help you, if you can look at God, you'll get help. So my dear friends, I want to tell you that this is the world we are in. Question is, how soon did it take you for you to lose your freedom? Whereby they say, you cannot have Easter service the way you know it. How soon? In the month of February, we were still hoping to have Easter communion the way we know it. Within that short space of time, before you knew it, the whole world demanded to shut down the church. Nobody could go to church. So, the fact is, if the church could be shut down that way, that is the same way your freedom can be taken away. Is somebody listening to me? There are still voices out there which is saying that you need to create a vaccine quickly. And when you have the vaccine, go after the Africans and the blacks, inject them first. Go after the Africans first, inject them. Go after the uh, 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 blacks in the diaspora, inject them. And then go after the Indians, inject them. Because they claim that these are the most vulnerable people we need to take of them. Be careful of anybody who is saying he's coming to take care of you. Because by the time you realize he has become your jailer. I'll take care of you, I'll take care of you. By the time he gets you into the room, the key is in his pocket. Now he will tell you when you can go out. And when you shouldn't go out, you have become a prisoner. Be careful, be careful of people who want to protect you. How many of you here want to die? If you knew how to protect yourself from COVID, do you think that you, you will make mistakes so that this thing will take you? The spirit or the instinct of self-preservation in the heart of a man automatically tells him what to do when he sees danger. My dear friends, listen. If there is anybody you should depend upon to protect you, it should be God and God alone. Not even the doctors. Not even the nurses. Those people will only work according to how God directs. And trust me, when the devil directs, they will kill you in a minute. And cover it up also. So, 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 let me quickly, let me quickly, quickly, quickly address this. The agents of change, they are there. Now, the agent of change in the world, you see, our main scripture, I said, but we all with open face beholding us in a glass the, the glory of the Lord we are done what? We are transformed. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. From here you draw a couple of things. Number one the first agent of change is the Lord Jesus himself. If you are here you don't know the Lord let me tell you you either receive the lost Messiah or you will receive the devil's Messiah. Jesus is not called Christ because the Christ is his surname. He is called Christ because Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah. 
So when you hear the word Antichrist, understand that that is the devil's messiah. This is a binary choice. You either receive Christ's messiah or you receive the devil's messiah. And if you are somebody who is watching on the line, I am telling you change is coming and you can't stop it. The opportunity you are hearing the gospel from me today may be the last opportunity because nobody is promising you tomorrow. Not even God promises anybody tomorrow. He says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. But you see, there is a caveat in there. If you are four years and Jesus is coming tomorrow, he's not going to wait for you to be hundred and be satisfied before he comes. So that one is subject to the Lord's final decision. Am I talking to somebody? So one thing I want you to get, my dear friends, is that if you really want to be transformed, the first thing you need to do is to commit your life to Jesus. If you are here, you haven't committed your life to Jesus. You have not begun to get the kind of transformation you need to get to. You need to give your life personally to Jesus. You know, many, many people are not aware of the fact that God does not take prisoners. The one that gave you a free will, he wants you to exercise your will. In every love relationship, you don't force. When people have a free will, you can be sure whether they love you because of you or they love you because of something. Question I want to ask you if you are a Christian. Do you love the Lord because the Lord is the Lord or do you love the Lord because of what you are getting from him? Are you loving God and are you a Christian because of the benefits you are getting? Come to Christ, he will solve all your problems. Yes, but that is not the reason why you should come to Christ. Come to Christ and he will deliver you from the devil. Yes, but that is not the reason why you should come to Christ. The reason why anybody should come to Christ is simply because they know that nobody can build his life on falsehood and succeed. So if God is the truth, if Jesus is the truth, then when you come to Jesus, you have no other choice. Am I talking to somebody? And simply because many, many people have come to Christ because of the benefits. Do you know what what, what the devil said about Job? He said, well, 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 who will not serve God? Job is serving God because of the benefits he's getting. If you take the benefits away, he will curse you. The question I'm asking you, how many of you will start cursing God when you begin to lose your benefits? I've heard people say, I am angry with God. And trust me, I don't know whether it was this church I heard somebody, but I really got angry. My spirit got revived in me. I got very, very angry with the person. How dare you say you are angry with God? Who are you? I really got angry. And you know, People can get angry with God because they are thinking that God is a supermarket where they are distributing things for free. You come, you collect, you go. And when God does them good, you won't see them in church again. But when it is, things are not working well. Listen, the God that you treat like a stray dog, he is the same God you will come to when you are in need. And when you are in need and you come, don't you ever think that you have a right to expect an answer from him. Am I talking to somebody? 
I'm trying to balance myself. Because you know we have been talking about God is gracious and merciful, etc. If this thing is not balanced, some people are going to get an image of God that is not going to be helpful at all. And this kind of thing is harming Christianity in our world. Today, you have Christians, they have no backbone. They don't know what they believe. They are all weather Christians. When things begin to go bad, listen, the people who brought us the gospel, they were persecuted. Some of them died. Some of them were roasted in oil. Some of them, they were used as candles for parties. But they did not deny Christ. You know why? Because they knew one thing. The truth will always be the truth. No matter whether to save your skin, you say it's a lie or not. It doesn't change it. So they were willing to be truthful to themselves and to their conscience. Today, if you are a Christian here, you need to get to that place. Because you see, this transformation that is coming, it is going to carry the believers away. Number two, you need the word of God. The word of God is the mirror to whom we look. And as we look into the mirror, the Bible says we get transformed. It is through the word that Christ reveals himself to you. Number three, you need the Holy Spirit. Nobody can be a terror to the enemy until the Holy Spirit is with him. Demons will play around with you until the Holy Spirit comes along. Oh, you can sing a song and the devils, they are com- comfortable. They just move up a, a short space. For you to keep on singing. You can, you know, do your preaching like I'm doing. And they push back a little bit. And they hear you preaching. And that's quite alright. But when you lift up your voice and you begin to pray. You are invoking the presence of the God who hears and answers prayer. That's when trouble starts. That's when the devil begins to fight. So the question I'm asking you is, what kind of Christian do you want to be? This is an age of transformation. Whether you like it or not, it is upon us. I can't promise you a, co- a, co- a, a, a post-COVID po- experience. I can't promise you that. Because I don't know whether there's going to be wave two, wave three, wave four. I don't know. And if I can understand those who profit by this thing, then the next wave is going to be more virulent than this one. Because you see, the spirit of control is terrify anybody and you can control them. When you put people into fear, you the one that is putting them in fear. You have the upper hand. You can rule over them. I've always said that if you fear God, fear nobody and fear nothing. I hope that in this church, that will be your case. Anybody who tries to kill you is only hastening you, your transformation. If you are properly connected. Now, so, having spoken about the agent of transformation of the church, what is, what about the agent of transformation of the kingdom of darkness? Number one, the agent of transformation of the kingdom of darkness is the person you call the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the devil's messiah. And like I said, you either reject God's messiah and take the devil's messiah or else you reject the devil's messiah and take God's own. The choice is yours. Number two, in place of the Holy Spirit, we have what they call demons. They are the unseen power that works. Now, the demons, let, let me be clear, we, have a, we should be able to categorize them because 
There are various levels of spiritual entities at work. The very first level of spiritual entities at work are what you call fallen angels. According to Hebrews chapter, uh, sorry, according to Ephesians chapter 6, these entities, they are the ones you call principalities, powers, workers of the darkness in the heavenly places, rulers of the darkness in heavenly places. These are those fallen angels. And there are many. Because you see, one third of those angels were part of it. Now listen, something happened in heaven. Because in heaven there was no law. The only law that was in heaven is the law of relationship between God and those people he has created. So there was no law that says you can't do anything or you can't do. There was no law that says that the devil cannot rise and rebel against God. The only law of that rebellion is it cuts relationship. So when he rebelled, they couldn't kill him. Because there's no law that says that when somebody rises up against God, he must die. So he said, he rose up one day and said, I'm going. We can't continue here and be serving you all the time like that. We are going. You know, at that time, heaven was their only place. And they stayed there. And they stayed there as if to say they were being compelled to stay there. I want to announce to you that every angel in heaven right now is there because he wanted to be there. And for that matter, every human being who is in heaven also today is also there because they want to be there. You can't get to heaven until you want to be there. It's a matter of choice. And if you don't choose to be with God, then you have to choose to be with the devil and his antichrist. It's a binary thing. You either choose one or the other. Next thing is that where the word of God is supposed to be, what you have is what I call demonic lies and deception. That is the one that are the tools of transformation. When you believe lies, it affects you. It shapes you. It transforms you. My dear friends, listen. There is one major thing that is about to happen and it's going to happen very, very soon. According to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the verse number 7, it reads, and this is the final straw, it reads, For the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority is already at work in the world, but it is restrained until he who restrains is taken out of the way. My dear friends, the one who is creating the lawlessness, he is called the devil. And he is creating the lawlessness for a reason. Because that is what gave him opportunity in heaven. And if he can do that, that was what will give him opportunity among men. But the Bible says that there is a restrainer. Who is the restrainer? The Holy Spirit. Now, where is the Holy Spirit? Inside of the believer. How many of you have heard the word, greater is he that is in me, than he that is in the world? You know, sometimes I like Paul Simon's song because it's close to some Christian truths. The higher you build your barrier, the higher our rise. Something inside so strong. But really, there is nothing inside an unbeliever so strong 
that can overcome the deep things of this world. It is the spirit of God on the inside of you that makes you more than a conqueror. So, my dear friends, the last straw is when God wants to withdraw the Holy Spirit. God cannot withdraw the Holy Spirit with you who, who is in Christ. Once you are still here, the Holy Spirit cannot be withdrawn. You know why? Because he has given his spirit to be with you forever. So in that day God is going to withdraw his spirit, the trumpet of God will sound. And the Bible says the final transformation will take place. Because all of us who are in Christ, we shall be transformed and there will be a grace that comes upon us that will defy gravity so that we will rise to meet the Lord in the air. And those who were dead, who left their bodies on earth, but their spirit is with the Lord, they will come and claim their bodies. Because when the trumpet sounds, they will be immediately connected to their body. And by the time the angel is shouting, they will be rising up and we will join them. It's going to be like a big orchestra. And we'll meet the Lord in the air. That will be our final transformation. Because from that point, we will live on with the Lord. Now, what happens to the world after we leave? Listen, when we leave, the, the God of this world, God will leave the world to the devil. And so, when you are out there in the world, you don't know God, and you are mocking this faith of us, wait. Just wait. And let me come again. If the believers leave, Calamity will come. The day that Lot got into that ark with his family, things were never the same. The transformation was drastic and it was very brutal. The day that Lot, his wife, his two daughters walked out of Sodom, that was a day to be marked. Because when they left, everything changed drastically. Whether you like it or not, change is coming. If you are the son of man, change is coming. And the change will hit you, whether you like it one way or the other. Now, look, I want to just give you a guided tour. I want to, I want to just use Jesus to give you a guided tour so that you see some of the final things that will come. Because you see, the moment we are gone, immediately, all these people who say they rebel against authority, now they meet an authority they can't rebel against. Because there will be only one world government, there will be only one world religion, there will be only one world currency. And those who say they rebel and who say they don't respect authority, that is when they will see something. In that day, if you still want to give your life to Christ or to be in heaven, you do so with your head. Because the time of grace where you can enter freely is over. Anybody who refuses to worship the antichrist or the false prophet you die. You are not allowed to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And the moment you receive that mark, it's over. Now, listen. By the time you get to the cashless society, you know that you are getting ready for the cheap. Trust me. It's at the door. How long it's going to be, I don't know. Because God will restrain until he wants to get out of the way. But with the COVID and with people not wanting to take money, Oh, we are getting very, very close to that point. So don't get deceived. And then, I want to see, you see, uh, 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 
I want to just give you this thing and now I'm closing on that. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 25. And I'll just read verse 20 because I'm not interested in that rich man who didn't want to have any respect for God. Because verse 19 says, well, there was a rich man who had everything and he was eating very well. Then verse 20, it went on to talk about the important man. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores. Listen, my dear friends, this is a guided tour to the final transformation. This one is not a parable because a parable is just a story to illustrate something. In a parable, all the characters are imaginary characters. So you don't have names attached to them. But when you have a man called Lazarus, we are talking about the real incident. The Bible said that Lazarus wanted to eat and they didn't give him anything to eat. So he got crumbs. And some Christians are eating crumbs. Though Jesus has died for them. May God punish the devil. And then the Bible said in the verse number 22 that it came to pass that the beggar died was carried by the angels into the bosom of God. Let me tell anybody who is listening, everybody will die. Whether you are a believer or you are an unbeliever, you will die. There are two appointments you will keep, whether you like it or not. The first appointment is death. You will keep it. The second appointment is you will stand before God and be judged. So you see, when this Lazarus died, it was like good riddance. Because this guy had got sores. You know, his presence in the place is disturbing the aesthetic beauty of my house or whatever. He died. But the Bible says what? The angels carried him. That is one of the agents of transformation. You don't know because angels are watching. But we say, or we are told, that the rich man also died in his time. Listen, the moment you get out of your body, it doesn't have to be five seconds. The moment you get out of your body, immediately, whatever choices you have made, your agents of change will come. Whether it is an angel of God or it is a demon from the pit of hell, they are going to come and they will send you to your destination. God never sends anybody to hell. If you go to hell, you went to hell because you made a choice. You chose to reject Jesus. So get that one clear. And then verse 23, and he, heard, he lifted up his eyes being in torments and see Abraham of Arab and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, see these things. The man can see in the place he went to. Number two, he knew where he has gone to. Number three, he knew who he was. Number four, he can recognize Lazarus. Number five, he can recognize Abraham. And the strange thing is, though he's in a place of darkness, he cannot even see the, uh, what do you call it? The finger, uh, the fingernail, his own fingernail because of the darkness. Yet he can see far enough to see these individuals. And then he began to pray. Some of you, you don't come for prayer meetings. Some of you, even when we are praying online, for you to just call and pray, you will not pray. One day you are going to pray. Trust me, you will pray and pray. You will be in a prayer meeting that is bigger than any prayer meeting you have seen anywhere. 
And whereas we pray, we are promised answers. You will pray, and there will be no answers. When you say you are a Christian, you better give yourself to prayer and pray. Because if you don't watch and pray, so that you may escape these things, I have told you. He prayed and he said, I wanted water. Just a drop of water. Do you know that he's still waiting for that water up to today? He's still praying up to this very day as we speak. The water has not come. Because in that place, there is no mercy. There is no mercy. He's still praying. And some of you who don't like prayer, watch your life. Jesus said, broad is the way. And many, many people will get to hell, including some people who are in church. Are you going to be one of them? Because you are so lazy, you don't want to pray. Fine, a time is coming when your need will force you to pray. And you will pray and pray and pray and pray for aeons of time. And yet you are not guaranteed any answer. If there's any prayer that will benefit you, you better do it while you are still in this body. Am I talking to somebody? And so he cried and he said, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Sorry. Mercy is always here, but not there. When you get out of your body, you don't qualify for mercy anymore. Any mercy you receive, you receive it with your body. Because you see, when you sin, you sin with your body. Am I talking to somebody? So any mercy you receive, you must receive it with your body also. This is the reason why everybody that dies, they will be resurrected. That body, they will be resurrected in that body. The only people who are not going to be resurrected in a body are the demons. Why? Because they are not men. They are crossbreed. So they won't be resurrected. But every human being will be resurrected, whether you are a believer or non-believer. Believers are going to be resurrected to be rewarded. It's going to be payday. But even because it will be payday, watch your life well. Because everything that you do that is not right, the Bible says what? It shall be revealed in that day. Everybody in heaven will know what it is. And when it is revealed, then it will be confined to the fire to be burned. And when it is burnt, then you will have a reward. Am I talking to somebody? But the unbelievers, when it is time to judge them, they will plug them out of that prison house, hell. And they will plug them up and connect them to their body. They are going to stand before God and be judged. When they are judged, they go into the lake of fire. Listen, these are transformations you can't do anything about. But you can make a choice, either for one or the other. What is your choice? Because the times are so close and things are at hand. Abraham says, son, remember you in your lifetime you receive good things and Lazarus received bad things. So now he is comforted and you are tormented. Some people are comfortable now but their final transformation is torment. And you know, even if you are poor and people mock you, don't let it bother you. Because a time is going to come when God will compensate you. And your compensation will be such that some of the believers here will be above and over them. And some of you who just go ahead 
and you are living your life doing everything you like, anything that you do just to please yourself will not go through the fire and survive. It is only that which you do to please the Lord that will survive. And so the question I'm asking you, what are you involved in and what are you doing? What do you do with your money? What do you do with your time? What do you do with your affections? Are you doing things that please the Lord with it? Because if it is, it will survive. If it is not, it's going to be consumed. You will suffer loss. Did you labor? Yes. Did you sweat? Yes. But the goal of the labor and the goal of the sweat, that is what determines whether you get the reward for it. We are going to a place where believers will wear crowns. We are going to a place where you don't have to say goodbye to anybody. That is a place where they never say goodbye. We are going to a place where the Lord himself is there. There is no Nepa in that place. Is it Nepa they call it? The lights never go out. The Lord himself is the light of the place. We are going to a place where there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no need. Every need is met. We are going to a place where you will be loved for you. You will be loved more than any human being can love you on this planet. You will be loved until you feel that you are precious. Why? Because you will know in your heart of heart that you are precious to God. That he is loving you as if you are the only child is God. He will love you like he loved Jesus. With that unique special love. And that love will be so comforting. It will drive away every weakness. Drive away every, every tear. Cause you to be strong. The opposite side. They will be weak. They will be sicky sicky. They will be in torment. There is no peace in the place. They don't rest. They are praying continually. And even their prayer you don't want to hear. Because the screams and the torments coming from their prayer. You don't want to know. My dear friends. Transformation is hitting our world now. This is the reason why when you are a believer, you are sitting in this church and then we say we are making disciples for Christ. Get up and start doing something. Will you tell somebody it is time for you to do something? It's the most important business we have on this planet. Because anything that is something that has to decide between life and death, it is more important than you are being paid 200,000 euros every month. It is the most important assignment. And it's about time that we wake up and begin to do our job. Am I talking to somebody when you are a believer? The blood of people are in your hands. The first thing you can do for somebody who is not a believer is start praying for them. Because when you start praying for people, God will show you how to handle them. And if God doesn't want you to handle them personally, he will send other people to handle them Whilst your prayer will annoy them to do so. Hallelujah. The Bible said, if the watchman will tell the person who he is watching and saying danger is coming, get out of the way, then this watchman will save himself. But if he doesn't do it, then the blood of the one who dies because he wasn't born is in his hands. My dear friends, between now and December, do everything in your power to pray for every unbeliever you know. Do everything in your power to witness when you have the opportunity. Am I talking to somebody? Yes, 
don't allow the politically correct world, they will call you a fanatic. So what? How many times have you seen a Muslim lay his mat out there in the street and pray and then apologizing to anybody? And yet you, that the spirit of God is inside you, devil has intimidated you so much, you want to apologize for doing the right thing? Has anybody in life ever been threatened by a true Christian? The only people who are threatened by true Christian is the people who are demonized, who want to do evil. But anybody who wants to do good, a Christian is never a threat. When you hear people are persecuting Christians, you hear people are killing Christians, it's because they are demonized. But we can change the law. Shall we rise? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference course on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.